Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Gavin Berry and once again I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by the Sunday Mail's chief football writer, Scott McDermott. And we've got a very special guest this week. We appreciate him for taking the time out to join us, Gary Holt. We've invited Gary on this week because he can give us some great insight. Uh, well, Michael Beale spoke after the 2-0 win over Dundee United on Sunday about being excited uh, about Rangers signing targets. The main one that's emerged is Todd Cantwell of Norwich City. Uh, Todd is someone that Gary Holt knows extremely well. Uh, he obviously played at Norwich City and after hanging up his boots, he went back to be academy manager when Todd Cantwell was coming uh, through the ranks at a very early age. So good morning to both of you and thanks for joining us, Gary. Uh, good morning, Gavin. How are you? Good, thank you. Apart from that weather right enough, it's teaming out there. <laughs> but as I said, uh, Gary, in that introduction here, obviously Todd Cantwell is somebody who is uh, emerged as a name that Ranger Michael Beale, someone that Michael Beale is interested in. Can you just tell us when you first um, when you first encountered them? Um, I'll, I'll, I'll correct you. I was assistant academy manager. I wasn't academy manager. It's not oh, a role. I've just, just promoted. Uh, you. Sorry. <laughs> I'll take that. I wish I get paid that though. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Todd was Todd was in the academy from when I was still there as a player, and then, like you said, Gavin, when I finished playing, I, I went back as assistant academy manager. And I think I'm, I'm sure he would have been about twelve at the time, just going into the under thirteens. Um, was always right through academy. Was always a grade A. He was a grade A player, and. Um, when it comes to the reporting that you do and then the season reports, your A, B and Cs, uh, he was always the A player um, in, in his age group. Um, has he got to a level where did I think he would get to? I thought I thought he would be a footballer. I thought he would be a good footballer. I thought he had the talents. Um, he just need to to find his, find his role and find his, his feet in the team. And I think that's always hard when you're a young guy because you get pigeonholed into positions. He's a right back, he's a left back, and and Todd was Todd was always one in the in the forward areas. You can play him anywhere, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was hard to it was hard to get him into a position where you you would always say that was his exceptional position because he was he was so good in the front three um, that you would or, or the front four even. Uh, back the, even then, the, the seven, eleven, the ten, or nine. Um, but you would say you wouldn't say he was an out-and-out number nine, but you can play up there because you can you get an eye for goal. So, um, it, nah, he's he's also an exceptional talent. Um, so yeah, it's it's really pleasing to see how well he's done, to be honest, and, and how he's grown into a young man. I noticed uh, Graham Doran's uh, in the Daily Record yesterday was talking about me, and he sort of. Not a direct comparison, but we've talked about James Madison, maybe similar in style, and would that be fair? 
Yeah, I think it would be. I think um, probably James is maybe a wee bit more robust than Todd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd's not going to, and I'm not saying James is a great tackler, but Todd ain't going to tackle. He's not going to many tackles. He's not going to win many headers. He hates heading the ball. He, he's openly said that he's he would rather he would rather run a mile than hide a ball. Uh, Mess up his hair. Aye, a wee bit, but he's he's never liked heading the ball. Hated it. So. Um, but you get him in the right areas on the ball. He's, I hate tagging players, but he's a luxury player. Mm-hmm. One of those luxury players at the top end of the pitch. You give him the ball, he'll go and create goals for you. He'll go and create things out of nothing. Um, and at home, he'd be outstanding for Rangers. Sorry, at home? Ah. He'd be outstanding. The big stage, the big crowd. Um, that's his element. Away from home. Can you do it in a wet Wednesday at Dens Park? That's what we want to know. Or Livingston? I think he could do, and I'm probably doing him a wee bit injustice, but I think he could do, but it's if you left him out going to uh, Dens Park on a Wednesday night, cold Wednesday night, then you wouldn't be surprised. Right. That makes sense, but it was no way that you couldn't play him. I just don't think that you'd... Why you risk him? Mm-hmm. That makes sense if you've got other boys. It, it, you, given the score, you know when you go to places, you know, you know where you need to roll your sleeves up, you need to fight, you need to dig. Mm-hmm. Could you bring him on the last 20 minutes away at Dens Park and, and turn the game? 100% win you the game. But if you want a, a rolled up sleeves in your face, we've got to battle for 20 minutes, you might find him that he wouldn't be involved in the game. Mm-hmm. But you, you play him at home, you play him at places where you're going to dictate the game and play a percentage of the football, which majority they do, he can certainly unlock doors for you, not a problem. Mm. A bit like... Um... When the name came out, were you surprised or or did you think, could you understand the thinking of Michael Beale going from? I, I totally understand it. Um, I think the way Michael wants to play football, I think the way that you've, you've, you've seen the boy Tillman come on since Michael's came in the door, Todd's, Todd's similar to that aspect of getting it in the final third. Uh, can get away from a, a player, can drift uh, with the ball, he's a good manipulator of the football. And comfortable in tight positions, so he's the type of player that Michael like. Um, and it's a type you need. You need the. You guys know the hardest part is scoring a goal, mm-hmm. and he can unlock doors. He, he he probably doesn't score enough goals at which he play merits. Mm-hmm. He goes fits and starts where he does score. But mm-hmm. I think Todd will be the first to say that he wants to score more goals. But he's also he also gets a buzz off creating goals, and mm-hmm. that's always been a like he he, he has got a. An empathy towards his teammates, whereas he's quite happy for them to score as long as he's in part of it. Gary, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know Norwich City, the club, well, obviously. I mean, have you got any theory as to why it hasn't quite happened for him there in the last couple of years? I mean, two or three years ago under Farke, I think I'm right in saying he played, Cantwell played 40 games in the Premier League, scored six goals, and was being talked about you know, as a real potential. If then, Scott. Big star. Should have, left. Should have left then. Yeah. But why, why do you think, I mean, I know Farke's left us and there's a couple of different managers, but well, why do you think it hasn't quite happened? I mean, listen, it, it's probably good for Rangers because it's a situation now who's presented Rangers with an opportunity to maybe go in and get them for, for no lot of money. But why do you think it's not quite happened for them? Um, I think if you look at the last season in the Premier League, when you're fighting and battling and scrapping, as I said, I alluded to earlier, it's a luxury player. Yeah, and that—that's—that's 
what you don't need. You don't, and and it's unfair in Todd because he does put a shift in, and and that's why I don't like. I don't like banding these players. There's lots of players. People used to say, say to me, Wes Holohan was a, a luxury player. He could vote the best player in the, in the decade at, at, at face time at Norwich. But would you say away from home he was outstanding all the time? No. But you can't, you can't say guys at the top end of the pitch who can create something or nothing that the rest of us can't do as a luxury player because you need them. Um, but I think that went against him. I think people used to say that he, he wasn't a scrapper, he wasn't a fighter, he wasn't a battler, he's not going to win your tackles and that's what we needed at the bottom of the table, da da da. And it's it's hard to, to get that stigma away for you. Do you, really do you feel as if Beal and Rangers could re energize him then, revitalize him and get him get him I going again? I think it's got to Scott, he needs to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. He needs to go and as I said there, um should he went when he's Powers were at his peak, if you know what I mean, for a young age. He's still a young, young, young man. But like you said, that season in the Premier League and he scored against Man City and some of the performances were outstanding. And you think, but at, the, at that point, Norwich didn't need to sell. They still yeah. don't need to. It's only one or two a season. Um, but it's hard. We, we all know that it, it, it's the Premier League in England's a it's a cutthroat, ruthless um, league, and if you're easily forgot about if you have one bad season or one season at the club doesn't do well. So um, you then go back into the championship, you're the big fish, you're the big dogs and teams are going to scrap and fight and they did find it, they have found it difficult this year, uh, especially so. And then Todd's had a wee couple of niggly injuries so he's been in and out. So that's, I think it's, I think it's come to the right time that he needs to go. Mm-hmm. He needs to re-energise himself. He needs to get that that he's, he wants to play football. It was funny because I, when I, I went down in the last school holiday before Christmas, the last one, and took my son down and we went on the training ground and Todd was one of the players we've seen and my son gets pictured with him and I thought it was great and had a wee chat with him and he's just desperate to play in games. He wants to be out there helping. So um, I think it's it's ideal and it's probably the perfect timing for Michael, if it's Rangers, to get, to get hold of a, a high-class individual who can open doors at the top end of the park for probably a bargain fee, if it's a fee involved. I'm going to say, if, if Rangers could get him in, as you say, for a bargain fee because he's contract situation, if he does get going and Beal can get the best out of him and he's playing in Europe, he's playing at the top end of the league, all firm games and stuff, I mean, potentially could Rangers end up with a five, ten million pound player in their hands if he's at his best? Easily ten million. Yeah. Easily ten million. And, and and above, and that's uh, that's the thing that Todd can do. He can on the biggest stages, he'll light it up. Yeah, and the Rangers fans will love him because of what he can do. Um, you give him the ball, he'll create for you. Um, you ask him to go head the toe to toe with something battle and scrap. That's not his game. But Michael knows that. He knows what yeah. he's getting. Not after injuries. As I said, it's the hardest part of scoring a goal in the game. And Todd can certainly help help in that aspect of creating chances, putting putting balls in areas that players can go on to and finish. And and he's also got an eye for goal as well when he gets the opportunity. I suppose if you look at Joe Aribo, who came for a nominal fee from Charlton and then you know was a success and then went on, he was sold for you know the ten million mark. Um, so similar to that then in terms of the, the deal, the potential for the deal. Oh, hundred percent. But I, I'd, I'd say Todd's. Technically better than Aribo. Right. Aribo's more robust and more energy and, and box to box and 
and stuff like that. But Todd, Todd's a he's a gifted he's a gifted footballer. Mm-hmm. He's got very good brain on him. He's always been a clever boy, clever clever footballer. Um, so he, he's a he's a deep thinker, a learner of the game. Um, mm-hmm. So that you're getting a different, you are getting the same kind of thing, like you said, and, and similarity of get somebody in. Mm-hmm. Um, but as Scott said, this kid was this kid was mentioned about the thirty five million pound mark a few yeah. years. ago. So you you don't lose that. Uh, injuries are maybe a thingy, not helped with game time. I don't think injuries have made an impact on his game, but I'm talking mm-hmm. um, Norwich's situation of battling at the bottom end of the league and then fighting in the championship. Um, he's just not been as used as much as what he'd hoped, and and he'd certainly help the team. But yeah. it's I'm not the manager, so I don't pick, I kind of get pick him. Yeah, you know Scottish football so well, but and so, but so much of the game is about that blood and thunder and these away games and you know teams you know opposition flying into tackles and all that. Is that not a concern because so much of the season will be games like that? You know that. No, because. Yeah. You're not playing in bad surfaces now. You're not playing in mud heaps and that. So it's mm-hmm. a wee bit different than, than seeing the old cold yeah. you go to, to uh, horrible places like Somerset and things like that. I'll get mm-hmm. that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, you, you, you're always going to have the majority of the football. Mm-hmm. And for a player like Todd, that's what you need. Right. You need the ball. He'll have the ball. The ball. He'll know. He'll win you lots of fouls. Similar like Madison. When Madison was up here, get filled up left, right, and centre. Yeah. Uh, certainly made them. Um, probably something that he needed, to be honest. And I think I think Todd's the same. But as I said, he's a clever boy. He knows how to not get in them areas. Mm-hmm. How not to get hit, not to get kicked. Um, so you don't have any fear of him going. But like I said, if you know you're going somewhere and you you know it's going to be an up and at him in your face. Yeah. Do you want to play and risk? No, maybe give them 20 minutes when the game ties, tires out and it opens up a bit and you've got somebody. The quality he brings to a group um, certainly only enhances a team. When you spoke to him in December then, was he pretty much resigned? In... No, no. Even no, or not? No, he just focused on trying to get back and get in the team and, and helping out because obviously knowledge ain't flying as high as what they should be. Um mm-hmm. They, they think they should be so he, he just wanted to get out playing and being part of it there's, there's nothing there's nothing worse when you're injured and you're not contributing um, and he's a young man I think what 24, 25 something around about that age Four, I think yeah um, you want to be playing and he's used to playing um, so th- that was the thing it was just about focus of playing football um, now if it comes that it's not going to be there he needs to move and why wait why wait to the summer why yeah. wait because if you don't play between now and the summer, your stock goes down even more. So you want to, you want to still go out in a high. You want to leave with your head high as well. And and if he does leave, I think the Norwich fans will certainly thank him for for the, the work he done for. Yeah, I know it's a few Rangers fans just from watching the clips that have surfaced on social media of him, saying that they thought he was maybe pretty similar to sort of Alex Lowry at Rangers, and just wondering whether signing Todd Cantwell would knock his sort of progress back down a bit. Are they sort of similar? Look, you're getting a, you're getting a kid who's played in the Premier League in England. Yeah. Um, who's 24, who's been quoted as 35 to 40 million a couple yeah. of years ago. You're not getting a mug. You're yeah. not getting. You're bringing quality to a group. Now, whether that changes or whoever gets them, you're, you're getting quality. Um, so, 
there's not many gifts these days in football. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when these opportunities arise and you, you're the first one to get in there and get them, then uh, sometimes you take your hat off and you say, well done. And whoever gets them, and if it's Rangers, then you say, well done, you've got a star there that you've mm-hmm. got at the, the right opportunity at the right time rather than wait to the summer when it's a free-for-all because you'll have options in the summer. And it, should, it shouldn't stifle Lowry, Gav. If anything, you would want that to inspire Lowry and really mm-hmm. get... No, he's he's got to realise as a young boy at Rangers that he's got, if he wants to play in that first team, he's got to get to the level of a Tillman or a or a Cantwell who are, who are much further ahead, obviously in their, their progression. And I, mean, I like Alex Lowry from what I've seen of him, you know, really gifted, talented footballer. But I think he's got to improve the other side of the game. I think if you speak to coaches that have worked with him. I think that's where the big improvement has to come. He's got to realise over the next six months to a year, not exactly what's required to play every week for Rangers. Um, so as I say, I don't think bringing guys like Cantwell in should should like stunt his development. If anything, it should no, it should give him that jolt of, of where he's where he's got to get to. I mean, it's a bit like we had this conversation with when Nathan Patterson was coming through and saying, "Oh, should should Rangers sell Tavernier or or, or whatever." No, because Tavernier showed Parson you know, the level that he's that he's got to he's got to get to. And to be fair to Parson, he did get to a point where it was really challenging, and ultimately that's what that's what got him his move. So um, I think Lowry should actually want guys like, like Cantwell and yeah. Tillman and that to come in to really really challenge him and, and get him to where he where he should be. If you if you if you can't as a young player, if you can't look to these players coming in who are of a caliber and played at a level. And they're still young. They're not that far ahead of you in years, although a few years of experience and stuff. That's that's where you need to get to. If you see it as a if you see it as a threat or you see it as a uh, oh no, I can't make it, then you're not good enough. You're not going to be good enough. You have to want that jersey. You have to show that you want that jersey. So it's a challenge to these young guys that these players have played in Premier League. But Tillman's been in Bayern Munich. God's <laughs> played and he's been quoted for England and stuff like that. So you're, you're not talking mugs coming in and taking your place. You're, you're looking and it's people coming in the building that are, aye, um, aye he's, a, he's a decent player. He's got pedigree. I need, to, I need to be on my game. I need to and learn from them, learn what they do, how they go about it, how they approach the games, how they approach training. Because um, some some kids these days just think it because they're there. And it's, it's something somebody said to me the other day, too many kids or younger players these days think they play for these teams. I play for Rangers. I play for Celtic. I play for... Co- I, no, you don't. You train with them. Yeah. You don't play until you make a first-team appearance at Ibrox, at Celtic Park. Yeah, and if, and if yeah. you go and if you go in a huff at other people coming in that you think's ahead of then that tells us more about that player's attitude than, than anything else. Do you know what I mean? That's it, Scott. And it's like I said, I'm sick of hearing people say, I play for this team and I play. No, you don't, you train. See, once you've made appearances for the first team at the stadium in front of a crowd, that's when you play for the team. Yeah. So get away from that. Get that mantra of, I train with this team. I want to play. I want that number in my back. I want my name in a number. I don't just want to train and walk about thinking I'm, I'm the bee's knees and play for this team. You don't. So that's a, t- that's a challenge. That's a target for them. When can I get my number on my shirt as well as my name? Yeah. And then play for them. No, no, see it as a threat. Don't see it as, oh, that's stay for my progress. Or I'm going to show him and show him that I don't need a Todd Cantwell coming in. Yeah. 
Just finally, Gary, we won't keep you any longer, but Blackburn are, are have been linked up uh, reports that they had a bid and, and the bid was rejected and other clubs kind of around sort of that level. I mean, if, if he was presented with the two, I mean, what would your advice be to him? I mean, he's obviously been at Norwich and if, if he goes to Blackburn or, or somebody like Burnley or somebody like that, you know, it would be very similar to what he's already experienced. Would your advice be go and experience something new like Aribo did? Aribo obviously, because he had offers, he had plenty of offers. Remember Lee Boyer at the time saying he shouldn't go to Rangers, he could have gone to, you know, Premier League teams, maybe in the, he sort of lower down in the Premier League at that time, but he went to Rangers had a couple of years and then went back down there. Would that be your advice to Todd Cantwell? 100%, and the thing is, Aribo made himself better by coming to Rangers. Mm -hmm. Players do come, see if they come and embrace it and then buy into what the league is. Yeah. Well, it's not a bad league. Yeah. We, get, we get pillar for post to post, but mm. we actually make players a lot better. The history is there. You look at them, Van Dyke, Aribo, there's there, there's an endless list of players coming up that yeah. we make better because they played in our league. Yeah. Um, the one thing about Todd is he's not he's not scared of, of making a challenge and having a challenge. He went to Holland on loan to get him out of his comfort zone. Yeah. He, he is a local boy. He's, he's, he lives in Norwich. Or just his family's just outside Norwich. Mm -hmm. Also, for a young man to go to Holland and be outside away from his mum and dad was a big move. So, um, I would certainly endorse going for a challenge. A challenge and a change is better than just staying in the same leagues, playing the same players, um, visiting the same stadiums. It needs somewhere. First of all, where Todd's going to fit in and play because he needs to play games. Yeah. Now. Come to Rangers when the manager already has talked highly about you mm. and spoke about you and knows about your talent and you're going to get a chance to and a stage to showcase that. Is that is that only going to enhance your reputation or go hinder it? I know what I, I think it's going to enhance it. So mm. why not you're going to play in Europe every year? Because Rangers are going to be in Europe every year. Yeah. A level that's going to be, who knows? But yeah. you're going to get to Europe every year. It's another it's another stage that he hasn't played on. Mm -hmm. So that's that's different for the championship where um yeah, going to a club we would need like Burnley with a company who plays a nice football, don't John Dahl at uh, Blackburn they play nice football, but you want a challenge. You want something different and I would certainly enhance company at Rangers where it's going to be at your comfort zone first and foremost. But you can be endear yourself to a, a fan base that is going to love you just as much as the Norwich fans love them. Yeah. And just finally, have you told them this? <laughs> no, 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 I don't, I don't ever get involved in that. <laughs> if I could, I'd bring him to command before I'd send him anywhere. So, because uh, <laughs> he's nowhere my allegiance lies. Um, but, but I don't think we can afford them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Gary, listen, we really appreciate you taking the time out this one. That was a great insight. Uh, thanks very much for your time. No problems. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Guys. Cheers. Thanks, Gary. Do you want to just stay on for a wee second, Scott? Aye. Well, that was interesting stuff, Scott, from Gary. Uh, he's known him since the age of 12, so you can't get uh, much more knowledge than that. Uh, what's your own view since the story? Well, you had the story in the Sunday Mail back page on Sunday saying that Rangers were interested in Todd Cantwell. You you broke yeah. that news. So what, what, when, when the story came to you and when you sort of looked into him, did it, Michael Beale said, People should be excited about the signings. Was he somebody who excited you? Yeah, I think so. Because I think he fits the the Beal profile, Gav. I think everything 
that Michael Beale has said since he came in in terms of the people that he'd like uh, to get in the building. For me, Todd Cantwell ticks a lot of those boxes. And as we touched on there with Gary, his contract situation presents Rangers maybe with a unique opportunity to get a player of his calibre for for a relatively small fee. You know, if they were to get him now in January, obviously his contract uh, running out in the in the summer. But I just think he's a good age. He's obviously got loads of potential. You know, Gary said there, this was a boy that was talked about as a you know, thirty million pound player when he was you know, playing every week in the Premier League just a few seasons ago. So that's that's what he's capable of. So if Rangers can get that calibre of player, um, of course it would be a it would be a good signing. And I just you know, Bill has spoke about the type of player he wants in, young, hungry. No, with room for development, room for improvement. I think Cantwell ticks all of those boxes. And also, just on a basic level, I think the midfield area, or certainly middle to front, is one that Bill or the Rangers need to improve in. Um, we've spoken off uh, on here about you know, the kind of state of that midfield just now, just in terms of, obviously, Stephen Davis being injured and coming towards the end. Scott Arfield, who's an attacking midfielder, Coming towards the end of his contract, Ryan Jacks and other that's that sort of contract. There's a bit of uncertainty still over over Glenn Kamara. And I just think in general, Bill wants to re-energize that midfield. And I think Cantwell is a certainly looking at his profile and you know what he's done at Norwich in the past the past few years. I think he certainly certainly fits the bill in that regard. It doesn't worry Gary Hole, and he knows a lot. He's <laughs> knows a lot more than me. Uh, but I don't know. But that that the kind of luxury talk that he was saying there worried me ever so slightly. Now I'm, you know, I'm not saying for a second that they're the same in terms of ability. But you think of some players that came have come up from England, you know, and back down like the guy from Liverpool, Ovi Ajari. I remember. I know. Yeah. That, and I'm not saying same. I'm not saying level. Clearly, this guy is a level above, but. Just that over the years we have seen them, you know, come up and it doesn't work. Did that did that worry you at all, no? Or am I uh, slightly, but, but I agree with you. I think Tillman's similar. I mean, mm. and the fans seem to love Tillman and the the manager obviously loves him and, and wants to sign him permanently. I mean, mm. I, I think Tillman in a lot of tricky away games, you know, even so far has, has struggled at times. Um, I think you're going to Celtic Park, going to Pataudry, even at Tannadice the other day, it wasn't until the you know, the kind of second half when Tillman kind of came into his own. The first half was a really sticky, scrappy game. And that's just no that's just no him. Um but I think the way Bill wants to play, that that'll no worry him. He wants to be a front foot attack minded team creating loads of chances and scoring loads of goals so you need to get as many of those type of players into the squad as possible and as I say Cantwell certainly ticks ticks that box um, I mean listen as you say Gary knows far more than far more than me he's watched Cantwell a lot more but from what I've seen of him of course that isn't his game you no know, tracking back and tackling and stuff like that but it doesn't look like a boy that's going to shy away, no, going into going to Pataudry or Tynecastle. I mean, I don't think he's. It doesn't look the type that's going to that's going to hide. He's going to try and get on the ball and and create. Whether whether those types of games are, are perfect for his game, 
Maybe not, but it wouldn't worry. It wouldn't worry me too much. As I say, I think Bill just wants to get young, hungry, energetic players in each in each squad. As I say, just to re, kind of revitalise the group, freshen it up, especially in January. I mean, I think you'll have other ideas come the summer or bigger ideas in terms of how he wants the overall squad to look. But I think he'd like to get two or three players in in January, as I say, just to give the whole place a lift. To give it a fresh look, um, as I said, just to kind of re-energise it. And I think, to be fair, Cantwell's profile certainly certainly fits that. Okay, so 2-0 win at the, the weekend. Now we're coming into a huge seven days for, um, or six days, isn't it? Sunday, Sunday, then Saturday, the two cup yeah. games. We've mentioned them many times in the podcast about how the two cups are so important. Uh, yeah. Midweek game in between, isn't there? Sorry, midweek game in between. Sorry, my apologies. Yes, I wait to come on up. Uh, but in terms of the cup, <clears throat> in terms of the cup, Aberdeen on Sunday, how much will the end to the, the game at Petodre, do you think, psychologically, um, how much will that have boosted Rangers going into this game, the fact they won, and how much, you know, because Aberdeen were clearly deflated after that, the ending to that. Do you think that'll be a factor? <sighs> I'm not sure if it'll be a factor. I mean, psychologically, of course, it'll give Rangers a boost. And I think the biggest factor might be how much it psychologically damaged Aberdeen going into the game just with that fresh in their, in their memory. Um, I mean, that was a body blow to Aberdeen. And a lot of, you know, Aberdeen have got a lot of new players, probably not been in that situation before. I think Jim Goodwin's touched on this, not been in that situation before, you know, of leading an old firm club in a game, no, five, ten minutes to go, maybe no managing the game, I'm not realising how Rangers and Celtic play or how they go about that last ten minutes. No, just historically they just they just don't don't stop. And I think losing the two goals injury time, no, totally deflated Aberdeen on the night. And I think that will still be lingering going into Sunday. I mean it's about how the Aberdeen players deal with that, I suppose. In the positive, for their point of view, if I was Jim Goodwin or the players, I'd be looking at that game at Petodre and thinking, for large spells in that game, no, we went toe to toe with Angels and actually had a bit of control in the game, particularly in the second half. You know, consider the the disparity in terms of what the what the players are worth, what the squads are worth. Aberdeen did well that night for most of the for most of the game, um, but it's just how they deal with that mentally. And you're right. It gave Rangers a huge boost, knowing that even 2-1 down, going into the 90, maybe the 92nd, 93rd minute, to still come back and win, so that, that gave them, as I say, huge belief at the time, but also going into this game. If, if they go behind again, for instance, it won't phase this this Rangers team. They'll know that they can, they can come back. But obviously, Michael Beale will be hoping that that doesn't happen. They'll be hoping for a far better performance than they produced at Petodre and hope that they don't leave themselves in a in a similar situation. They want to be at least a goal or two up before it gets to that stage. Yeah. And just finally before you go, um bef- after the, that Petodre game that I think it was the day after it, um I think it was myself and Andy were on the podcast and I and asked them about because there was a few sort of finger pointing at Alan McGregor that night. Uh it said to Andy about John McLaughlin going back in, you know, and he said no, McGregor still better. Obviously, McLaughlin comes back in for the 
the Dundee United game. What do you think going forward? Still McGregor for you, McLaughlin? Well, I need to stick by my guns and, and stick with Alan McGregor just purely because I think he's a better goalkeeper, Gav. I mean, I thought that at the, at the start of the season and I'm not going to change my opinion now. I mean, I don't think Alan McGregor's had any real big mistakes. Of course, there's one or two goals you could look at. The, the Duke free kick at Pataudry being one of them. Well, you think McGregor might have done done a bit better, but I, mean, I don't think there's been any glaring... No. Well, Pataudry, well, the night of Pataudry, no? The, the Pataudry night? Yeah. In terms of... Well, just the positioning at the free kick, no? Yeah, but I mean, listen, I think... I mean, it's not a glaring... Mis- I don't think that's a glaring mistake. I mean, of course, his positioning maybe wasn't right. Probably for both of the goals, if, if you've been honest. You think yeah. about Leighton late Clarkson's goal as well, but... Yeah. I mean, I would say these are, are, are fairly minor and, and can probably be fixed. I don't think Alan McGregor will be too pleased with himself when he looks back at the two goals. But as I say, I don't think there's been any standout big mistakes that have, that have really cost Rangers. Um, I was surprised when Michael Beale went with McLaughlin again at Tannadice. Um, just that switch again and obviously coming out before the game and saying it wasn't when I first saw the team sheet I thought Alan McGregor was maybe had this kind of no this kind of cold or, or sickness bug or whatever uh, that's been going around and, and that was the reason but from what he saying no, I just felt he was right for that game yeah well that suggests to me going forward they probably think McLaughlin is, is is going to be in goal for the for the foreseeable future um and listen it might work for Michael Beale it didn't work for for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst um, but me personally, I just think I've said on here a million times. I just think Alan McGregor's, you no, know, in all aspects of the game, uh, Alan McGregor's a better, a better goalkeeper than than John McLaughlin. I mean, listen, there might be one or two wee things you could say. You no, know, is McLaughlin maybe better with his feet? <coughs> Excuse me, maybe better to come for cross balls. I think you could debate debate those type of things, but. Purely as a shot stopper and as an as an all round keeper, I still think McGregor's McGregor's better even at this even at this age. So it's going to be interesting to see see what happens um, for the rest of the season. What I will say, and I said this to you right at the very start, despite me backing McGregor, is that Rangers should have signed a goalkeeper last summer, and I'd be flabbergasted if Michael Beale doesn't sign one this summer. I mean that. That has to be a number one priority uh, come the summer when he, when he is reshaping and kind of re-energising this team. I think a goalkeeper will be so high on his priority list. Great. Okay, Scott, thanks as always for your time. Don't no worry. And uh, we'll, hopefully Andy will be back next week. He's enjoying a well-earned day off today. So hopefully the three of us can catch up again next week. Okay. Cheers, Gav. Thanks.